Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. We're sort of starting a new series, sort of getting back to, we spoke on uh, um, vision for a couple of weeks, uh, about six weeks ago, and then we did four weeks on the book of Philippians, uh, but now we're sort of doing the full circle, returning, uh, returning back again, because what we want to do over these next two weeks is we want to talk about our values as an elevation. Who, who, who are we as a church? What do, what do we value? And so I'm going to be preaching this week. Obviously, that's why I'm standing here. Um, and, then, um, and then Rachel will be, uh, will be speaking next week. But uh, our key verse all about vision, when we've been speaking about it, is found in the book of Habakkuk, uh, chapter 2, verse 2. It says, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. Uh, my favorite definition of vision is that a vision is a clear picture of a preferred future. That, 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 that we look ahead and we see something with the eyes of God. We see a clear picture of a preferred future. And so our, our vision as a church, our clear picture, what we look to is, is we believe that uh, our vision as elevation is healthy churches that multiply and they bring transformation to their city. That, that communities, that suburbs, that schools, that universities are transformed because of a healthy, multiplying church. Our heart as Elevation is always to be known as the city, in, sorry, to be known in the city, not because of great marketing or some, you know, slick new Facebook ad or anything like that, not because of a brand or a name, but because uh, Elevation is filled with transformed people who then go into their world and transform others by the power of Jesus Christ, that we bring influence into our world, that people in Mandra and beyond would be impacted because of you, because of your generosity in the workplace, because of your, uh, I don't know, openness to other school parents and everyone's just, you know, standing in their cliques, because of your integrity in business, uh, because of the words of encouragement that you give to others, because of your acts of service, that Elevation would be known, not because of a name or a brand, but because God has transformed our lives so powerfully that wherever we go, we carry His light and His influence. And the comment from people would be, oh, you must be one of those... Uh, those Christians, you know, that, um, are you from that, is it that McClarty Road, you know, corner of there, you know, near the, near the water treatment plant, you know, like that, that church, are you, yeah, yeah, I'm from there, sorry, we can talk about the water treatment plant, doesn't smell too bad, um, but, you know, it's, um, it's something about our lives, carry God, carry um, the presence of God, the power of God, and uh, we are called to make an influence wherever we go. So our schools, our workplaces, our sporting clubs, wherever God has placed us, God has called to bring His transforming power. And so what I want to do today is I want to speak about, we've talked about vision, and then uh, we had this statement about our mission. So our mission is how we achieve the vision, and so we have a, a statement at Elevation that we're about creating environments that inspire intimacy with Christ, relationship with others, and influence in our world. That, that we would know that everything that we do flows out of an intimate relationship with Jesus, first and foremost. We don't do for God to try and get Him to, you know, like us or accept us, or, you know, we don't try and work our way to heaven, try and climb the ladder to get, to get up there. No, we are solid and found in a relationship 
with Jesus and then it's out of that relationship. So we talk about we, we be with Jesus before we do for Jesus. Okay, so we're with Him and it's out of that solid foundation that then we serve Him and we serve others. Our pastor and author Scott Saul says this. He says, A tree does not try to produce fruit through exerting itself. It produces fruit by having its roots connected to that which sustains it. And what sustains us? It's our relationship with Christ. Uh, John 15, we won't go into it right now, but gives an amazing picture of a vine and of us being connected to the source that is the vine. And we know that we can't do this alone. And so we need others. And so as a church, we create environments. Chris already spoke about our life groups and, and ways that we do community together. And so... What I want to do in uh, the third part of this vision series is, is our values, like I said, who we are as elevation, what type of characteristics do we carry as we journey along the path that God has for us. I, I don't know about you, but values are sort of funny things because we can say that we value something but then maybe our life looks a little bit different. I, I know that's true. That's true for my own life. You know, we, we can say that we value something, but then our actions uh, speak of something else. You know, we can say that we value, you know, healthy eating and exercise, but then there's, you know, Macca's Monopoly burgers. There's Boundary Island just down the road. There's sleeping in instead of going for a walk or, you know, whatever. So we can say that we value something, but we know that we always display our values by the actions that we take. We can say we value a you know, daily devotion in God's Word, but then you know, your thumb is hovering on your smartphone. It's like KO Sports, Instagram, version Bible. Like what will, I, what will I click on? Something about our actions tell us what we actually value. And so uh, we have four key values at Elevation. They, they are who we are, but they're also who we're becoming. So we haven't arrived yet. But what we do is through God's strengthening spirit, we live in a way that tries to exemplify these values as best as we can. It's a little bit similar to uh, the concept in, um, in theology that we are saved, we are being saved, and we will be saved. You might go, okay, well, what, what does that mean? Well, we are saved. What that means is that when we confess Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour, our lives are saved. They're saved from eternal separation from God. The penalty of sin is paid for. But we know that that's just the beginning of our journey. So not only are we saved, but we're also being saved. It's sometimes called uh, the fancy word sanctification. What does that mean? That means that each and every day, our goal is to become more and more like Christ. We don't try and work our way to that, but we place ourselves before God. We let His transforming power come on the inside of our lives. And as we go along in our journey of life, uh, we don't just say, hey, I put my hand up once, said the prayer, I'm done. No, no, we, we try and become more and more like Christ in every day. And then we will be saved. That is at the end of the age, when this earth is all wrapped up and the kingdom of heaven fully comes, we will spend eternity in perfect union with God in the new heavens and the new earth. That's what, that's what the Bible teaches it. So, so at Elevation, we have these values. There's four of them. We're authentic, we're adventurous, we're fun, and we're spirit-led. They are our values, but we are also becoming more adventurous, we're becoming more authentic, we're becoming more fun, we're becoming more spirit-led. And some of you are hearing those and thinking and questioning, you're like, I'm thinking of someone and they're not becoming more fun. <laughs> 
Can I just say fun is a broad thing, you know? You know, accountants think Excel spreadsheets are fun. For example, you know, there's, there's, a different, there's different fun for everyone, okay? But um, what, we, what we want to do is we want to become more and more like these values as we keep growing. And maybe you're here and you're thinking, well, uh, great words, great values, but shouldn't our values be like, you know, like the Bible and God as creator and humanity and divinity of Christ and all those sorts of things? And, and of course, those things are vital. And as a church that's part of international network of churches, we have a statement of faith that covers all of that. We believe in the Nicene and the Apostles' Creed as foundational to Christian um, you know, to the Christian church. But our values are what make us distinct. They're what make us distinct. And so what I want to do today is unpack the first two for you, the values of authenticity and adventure. What does it actually mean to be adventurous? And what does it mean to be authentic? And so number one, we'll start with authenticity. Okay, and so authenticity is a funny one because it can mean so many different things to different people. You may hear people saying, well, you know, uh, we should just be, you know, true to yourself, you know, be who you are on the inside. You know, is, is that what we're talking about here when we're talking about authenticity? Well, the short answer is no. We're not talking about that because that's called expressive individualism and it means that uh, who I am and my meaning and my purpose and my personhood are found by who I feel like I am on the inside. But the problem is, is that we serve a God. And we believe that our purpose and identity is not actually found inside of me, it's found outside of me. That it's given to me by God, by my Creator, that He has a plan, that He has a purpose for my life. And I can't define myself by myself. I define myself through God. And He has created me this way on purpose. It's His gift to me. So when we're talking about authenticity, we're not talking about uh, what the world may define authenticity about. When we speak of authenticity, we're talking about our personal private lives matching our public life. That who we are doesn't change depending on what environment and situation we find ourselves in. You see, Jesus' most stinging critique in the New Testament was for those Pharisees and teachers who said one thing but did another. Those who had a facade or mask up pretending that they were someone that they weren't. And so what we're going to do is we're going to turn to the Scripture, Matthew chapter 23. And this whole chapter is basically just Jesus spitting fire at these Pharisees saying, you know, this, 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 this is, you know, you're not this, you're not that. Okay, but we're going to pick this up from verse 27. And he says this, he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Wow, what a nice takedown from Jesus. You know, you're like, who described you like that? Or oh, just the Son of God. Okay, slight, slight, slight problem there, right? So, so he, he said that they will all look but no substance. Can, can I tell you, we are going to the best of our ability. That is not who we are as Elevation. We are people whose outside matches our inward convictions. We don't say one thing, but then live completely differently. Of course, we're all on a journey of becoming that. Remember I said these values are not this perfectionism that we must have, but they're also who we are becoming. But we are heading, we see a clear picture of a preferred future where we live a life of authenticity. 
a life where our inside matches the outside. So, so, so how do we do this? How do we build a life like that? Well, I'd like to share this thought with you, is that we start with the unseen, not the seen. We start with the unseen, not the seen. You see, it's easy to look at current culture and social media and image management, you know, with, you know, I just got to get my photo with, you know, all the right angles at all the right places. And my face looks a bit funny today, so we'll just face out, fix that up. And, you know, you know all, the, all, this, all this sort of stuff, just curating this, like, mask of perfectionism. And, and we look at that and we think, oh, man, the world's gone crazy. Like, this is nuts. Like, technology is just the worst thing. You know, like, this is, this is, this is all gone. But, but I want to show you something that this is actually not new. You see, this is Jesus speaking about the same thing way before Instagram turned up. And he says this in Matthew 6. He says, watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others. Hello. Uh, For you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private and your Father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. A few verses down, it continues. This is from 16. And when you hold, uh, sorry, and when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do. For they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face, then no one will notice you are fasting except your Father who knows what you do in private. And your Father who sees everything will reward you. You see, there's this disordered desire in all of us to project a certain image to others so that we can be you know, seen and admired by maybe our peers, maybe by our parents, maybe by, uh, I, I don't know, some, some group that we're trying to you know, fit into. Um, and we see from these verses that this desire, it can actually go so deep that it even infiltrates our spiritual practices like prayer, fasting, and giving. The message paraphrase says it like this. It says, be especially careful when you are trying to do good so that you don't make a performance out of it. It might be good theatre, but the God who made you won't be applauding. Ooh, thanks, Eugene Peterson. Um, yeah, so, so how do we continue to build a, a, a value of authenticity in our own lives and in our church? Well, like I said, we build from the inside out. We start in secret before ever moving uh, into the public realm. Uh, I've heard this before and I tried to look it up and I couldn't find it, but if someone who's very good on brain science knows it, come and tell me what it's called. But uh, I read that there's, um, so you know someone's like, you know, I'm, I'm, getting on a, I'm getting on a health kick. I'll 
pick on the health thing, you know? So I'm on this new like juice diet and I'm going to run like 10Ks every day. I haven't got off my couch for the last 10 years, but you know what? I'm, I'm doing it. And then what they do is they get this health kick. They get, they get the right photo on Instagram with the, you know, whatever juicer they just bought. And they're like, hey guys, you're starting this new journey, you know, encourage me on this journey, blah, blah, blah. You know, they've actually researched and brain science says that when people say like, oh, great job in the comments. Oh, good. Oh, you're doing that. What, what it actually does is it actually demotivates people because they've, order, they've already received the encouragement. They haven't started yet, but you know, they've posted about it, so that's, that's important. But they, brain science says they've already received the encouragement for it that they actually have less motivation to keep going and doing it. Can, can I tell you, and I hope no one's just posted one of those in the last week. I, I didn't see it. I apologize. I'm not calling anyone out or anything like that. But can I say as Elevation, that is not who we are. We are authentic. We build from the inside out. We start with the unseen and then our life will start to shine that without having to tell everyone about it. You know, we pray prayers that no one else sees. We let the Word of God speak to our lives without having to post and tell everyone about it all the time. We don't just lift our hands and sing on a Sunday, but we spend time in personal worship to God. Psalm 119.11 says this, David, who wrote this psalm, says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. What can you do today, this month, this year that builds your inner life, that places your life before God, maybe through prayer or worship or service or generosity or simplicity, so that He can continue to transform you into who He has called you to be. Not who others want you to be, but who God has called you to be. So our first value today is authentic, and we start from the inside. We start with the unseen, not the seen. Number two is that we're adventurous. Author and pastor Owen McManus says this, to follow Jesus is to enter the unknown, relinquish security, and to exchange certainty for confidence in Him. You know, when we're talking about adventure, we're not necessarily talking about, you know, scaling mountains or moving to a new city or trying garlic snails or skydiving or, or, or anything like that. When we speak of adventure, we're speaking about placing our confidence and our trust in Jesus. The essence of following Jesus is leaving behind what is known to us and taking up a call from Him. We, we see it as Jesus starts to gather His disciples. This is Matthew 4, verses 18 to 22. One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, come, follow me, and I'll show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little further up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called them to come too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. You see, the call to these disciples specifically was to physically leave where they were, what they were doing, their family, and go on a journey to follow Jesus. I found in my journey with following Jesus, in my journey uh, with elevation, that God is always looking for a spirit of adventure. A faith that trusts Him, but in different seasons, this can look very different. 
Many times we can think adventure is always about something new, about stepping out on the water like Peter did, and sometimes it is. But also it can be returning to something old with a new perspective from God, with, with, with a different spirit. And it can be doing the same thing, but with a greater trust in Him. You know, you may not leave your job and start a new one, but a spirit of adventure can lead you to trust God again. That, that, that maybe hurt and disappointment can be let go of, that maybe... Uh, you know, false expectations that didn't turn out can be let go of because there's a spirit of trust and adventure that God has put over your life. Maybe you've experienced something like this. Maybe you thought your life or your career or your health or your business was heading in one direction. However, there was a turn, you know, hello, 2020 COVID. You know, maybe something changed for you and the things that seem certain are no longer certain. Can I say a value of adventure is one that prioritises trusting God above all. Trusting God regardless of the circumstance. It's called faith. The Bible speaks about it quite, you know, quite consistently. Hebrews 11.6, but without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. It's called faith, a trust in God, no matter what the circumstances are. And so I showed you from Scripture that one of the disciples leaving physically where they were and, and following, following Jesus, you know, at, at His command, dropping their nets and following Him. Uh, I want to show you the same spirit of adventure, but outworked in a different way. This is Mark 5. And um, what's happening here, just to give you a little bit of the, the pre-part, um, Jesus is crossing the Sea of Galilee with His disciples, and then it all gets wild really quickly. A demon-possessed man comes out to meet them. Uh, he's been going crazy, cutting himself, sleeping in tombs. The town has tried to chain him up, but nothing has worked. Jesus casts these demons out. They go into pigs. They become kamikaze pigs, and then they're off the edge of the cliff. And like, you know, it's all, it's all over. It's like bacon for the next, you know, five years. Like, let's, let, let, let's go. But then we'll pick up what happens next in Mark 5, verse 15. It says, And they came... That's, these, these are the townspeople. They came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had the, the legion, so meaning many demons, sitting there, clothed and, in his, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. And he did not permit him, but he said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And everyone marveled. You see, after setting this guy free, the adventure that Jesus had for him was different to Peter and Andrew's. It was different to those first disciples that we read about earlier. God's plan for, for this man's life was not to leave physically, but to stay. Not stay the same, but return to where he had been set free and proclaiming praise to Jesus. I, I'm not sure what God has in front of you, for your life, but I know that following His calling on your life always involves trusting Him, even when it seems uncertain. Even when it seems uncertain to stay doing what you're doing. Even when it seems uncertain to step into something new. You know, your story and your situation, even that you're, right, that you're in right now, is probably very different to that man. 
It's probably very different to that man. But this value of adventure is all about a trust and a faith in God that goes beyond what we can work out uh, through any certainty born of this world. And I've found that following Jesus and having this spirit of adventure is instead of great leaps of faith and trust, it's more likely small steps of faith and obedience that moves our trust from ourselves and places it with God. And you know, this morning as we begin to wrap up and the, and the band joins me here, uh, I've got to ask you, what is that step in front of you right now? What's the step in front of you for you to listen to God, hear His voice, trust Him, and start to take a step of faith? And it might be leaving somewhere where you've been. It might be returning. It might be staying exactly where you are. It might be looking at exactly the same situation, but with a new perspective, with a new vision from God. I, I'm not sure what it is for you personally, but I do know that as we place our trust and our faith in Him, that is the spirit of adventure that He's after. You know, all, all that God really requires is our obedience. I, I was just... Thinking about, it, I took the dog for a walk um, yesterday afternoon. Had the, you know, ears in, just you know, spending a bit of time with God, and just just felt like God reminding me once again. You, you know, we we so always look to the outcome. We we look to the, hey God, I've done this, so so how are you doing this? How's this miracle happening? But you know, really, what God's after, He's after our obedience. He's after our heart. You know, we love the testimonies of I did this and then God did this and it was amazing and this, this all happened. We, we love those and we're going to celebrate them because we believe that God moves. We believe that, we believe that He brings miracles. But ultimately what God wants from us is our hearts and our trust and our obedience. And some things we will not know the positive outcome till we, till we reach eternity. Why? Because God's plan is so much bigger than ours. So what step is in front of you right now? Maybe you're here invited by a friend. You're not sure about this whole, you know, Jesus or God thing. Maybe the step that's in front of you is to start this journey of faith and faith, sorry, and confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. Maybe, maybe that's a journey of faith for you. Maybe that's your next step. Maybe there's a step in front of you now to do with your health. The reports might be negative, but we serve a God who's faithful. And instead of taking on worry and anxiety, it's time to trust in the Lord, like we talked about last week, to pray about everything, to give it to Him. Maybe the step in front of you, for you, is to leave behind some hurt and past unmet expectation, to forgive and move into the future that God has for you. That could be hurt in relationship. It could be hurt in family. You know what? Maybe it even could be hurt from past church experience. Come on, let's be real. Maybe it could even be hurt from current church experience. If it was me, I apologise. I'm sorry. We won't always get it right. If you hang around long enough, we will hurt you eventually. But our goal is to try to do that as least as possible. Okay, why? Because we're human. That's, that's, that's what happens. But maybe it's time to leave some of that behind. And say, so, you know what? I'm walking on this adventure of faith into something new, into a new level of faith, into a new spirit that says, whatever you say, God, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to, I'm going to follow you. And we're just going to pause right now. 
And if you've never made a decision to follow Christ, or maybe you have made one and it was a little bit ago, or something's come that's has come to cut and to sever that relationship with Jesus, then we want to give you time right now to respond to Him. So across this place, would you just bow your heads and close your eyes?